Hi, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone here. When will you understand that I am a person and not a thing? Look it up. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Better to say, am I being true to myself? And is this what I want to say? And have I expressed myself the way I want to express myself? I mean, that's what it's all about. You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise, Veronica Ciccone. Hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Hey, guys, it's Tony. I want my MTV. I just don't know where to find it. (laughs) And this week, y'all, we are joined by two lovely individuals who run their own podcast. We were lucky enough to be on a couple months ago. It's called Later This Week. Please welcome Coco and Fran to the show. Hi, guys. Hello, ladies. (laughs) Thanks for having us. (laughs) Fellas. Fellas, ladies. Yeah. (laughs) How how is everyone doing this fine afternoon, evening, nighttime, wherever wherever it is in your time zone? Yeah. Everyone's good. I mean, everyone's alive. We're kicking. We're walking. We're loving. We're being. What about you, Coco? Are you drinking tonight? I am drinking my beverage of choice, water. Mm. Evian? Is it is it Evian just for the podcast? No, it's tap water. Oh. I'm a I'm an avid <laughs> tap water drinker. Filtered? Filtered Britted? No, actually. <laughs> She's in Canada. Their water is not filled with toxins. Yeah. <laughs> she just runs outside, sticks it in the stream, comes back a, in with exactly, a glass. Exactly. So, like, they don't sell Britas in Canada because no. there's no need. There's no need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mountain spring water. I'm drinking Coca-Cola Classic, Red, White, and You. Nice. Mm. Fran, you, what are you drinking? I am, I did have seltzer. Nothing interesting. Yeah. Mm. But I, 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 I like your little Italians do it better t-shirt that you're, you've got on. It's very, it's very true blue 35. You see the bootleg versions that are mm-hmm. just kind of like the letters are all wrong. It's all like, it's purple, <laughs> like yellow letters. You like Papa don't. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> Papa it's don't not teach. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some people, uh, I, I, when people are selling those nasty, madonna t-shirts outside of all the venues after her show i'm just like bitch that's gonna wash away in like two laundries mm. i know because i bought them i can tell you <laughs> <laughs> didn't she bring didn't she bring back the italians do it better shirt for reinvention tour Am yeah I, that right was kabbalists do it better in reinvention that's what it was yeah <laughs> i think italians do it better i, I thought I it was so. a cute nod to you know the whole reinvention thing i thought it was cute but, well, actually, so speaking of reinvention, before we dive any further into Madonna, uh, Coco <laughs> and Fran, uh, so your podcast later this week has been going through a reinvention of its own. Can you tell us all about that? Yes, please. Yeah, please, Coco. Oh, I'm doing it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that to you. It's a collaborative <laughs> effort. So we our, our podcast was pretty much a potpourri of different types of topics yes. to begin with. Because uh, Fran and I just love chatting about everything and anything on a regular basis. Um, but we felt that we were kind of stagnant in terms of growth. And I think that had to do with the broad topics we had to, to, to discuss. And it wasn't really honing in on a particular group mm-hmm. of listeners that might seek this out. So we did a lot of brainstorming in terms of what direction we wanted to go to. Um, Fran suggested sex. Which, shocking. Which, Absolutely <laughs> shocking. <laughs> and the many facets of sex. And while, while we thought that that was, that could have been a, a good move, I, I don't know. I think we still felt like it was maybe still limiting in some way. So. And also it was like, it's kind of like a, it was like a working subject because yeah. we really weren't a hundred percent sure that was what it was going to be. And I think ultimately what we, why we pulled the trigger on this was because so many times we used to do episodes about self-help and trauma and body image. And we always got the most response from people. I think we're in a time now where people want the support 
And, you know, we do it in a way that it's not self-helpy. We do it in a way where, you know, we basically, we, we laugh about everything. We laugh about ourselves. We laugh about the crap we went through, um, Mm -hmm. being bullied as a kid, being a fat kid, um, shaming body image, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so much stuff. Like our first episode we did about male body image image because so many men go through it and we know that women have kind of a bigger struggle. They have a bigger struggle in society as far as their body image, but women have a safe place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys don't, they feel as if they're not allowed to talk about it. So our first guest we had on actually talked about his own body image and his struggle. And Coco was patient enough to listen to the both of us blab about our bodies. So she was like, I don't want to talk about that part of your body. You know which part <laughs> I want to talk about. Again, well, that weaves in that weaves in, in sex. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Coco and, loves that stuff. Oh Lord. She does. <laughs> But yeah, I think the the most important thing for with all of it was that we maintained that funny dialogue and banter that we always have, you know, because we're still Coco and Fran, yeah. even though we're doing something a little bit different. So yeah, we're excited. Nice. No, I think it's good to re step back, reevaluate, look at what you're doing, look at your successes, look at, you know, what might not be working great. And Tony and I are always doing that. That's why I'm like Sometimes I'll be like, Tony, how about this week we just try this? And we'll do like, you know, we'll, <laughs> we just keep throwing things at the wall. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, you got to keep yourself interested in what you're doing. If you're going to continue to do a podcast, oh, yeah. it has to be something that lights your fire as well. So Exactly. exactly. Well, I remember the first time Coco heard about MLVC and I told her about it. And I was like, what are you living under a rock? So she, she basically is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember this conversation? She said, you don't remember remember shit. So (laughs) she says, wait, 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 wait. So the whole entire show is about Madonna. Like every episode. She's like, do they run out of things to talk about? I'm like, do you know how long this woman's career has been? How many angles there are? Yeah. yeah. She made she she made it almost like I said you do a podcast about Cindy Lauper, which could have been like three episodes. <laughs> Not true though. Actually, Not Cindy, true. We could have do a has, full season for Cindy okay, Lauper. So, you could hold, totally hold on, do hold a season. I was at a party it. once years ago and we brought up Cindy Lauper and someone argued with me that she has plenty of greatest hits. When we looked up her hits, most people in the room could have only identified about eight of the songs on her greatest hits. It's true. There's mm-hmm. no two CDs. And if there are, they're covers of Madonna songs. Um, well, sadly, <laughs> sadly, with certain, like, I remember I went to the Global Citizens Festival a couple years ago, and Janet Jackson was on before the weekend. Right. And be, I was, like, so excited about Janet Jackson. And the kids, literally, the 16-year-old kids in front of me had no idea who she was. Right. And I was like, they're like, well, what songs does she sing? And I said, Rhythm Nation, uh, <laughs> that's that's the way love goes. Yeah, if, I was time. trying to I was trying to pull songs yeah. that like they might know from her. Had yeah. no clue. Like they had no clue. Meanwhile, the weekend wouldn't exist without the Jackson family. Right. Like, right. I well, mean, meanwhile, they knew every single lyric to every single w- w- the weekend song. I was like, what's happening what right now? He mumbles you know every those kids. I always tell those kids the wake up call is if you think for one minute in 15 years from now, you ask younger kids if they know who the weekend is, they're not going to know who the weekend is. Mm -hmm. It's like Beyonce, as big as she is, you're going to get kids like kids who are 10 now, right? By the time they're like, you know, 20, they're going to be talking to people that are younger than them and they're going to be like, yeah, we kind of heard of her. We know who that is. But. Yeah, no, it's true. It's just the, the passage of time. Yeah. Well, listen, before we get, you know, deeper Crazy. and deeper into this conversation, I just want to say that I'm really excited for your, you know, your podcast, how it's going to evolve. And, you know, you guys are so engaging. And every time that I listen, I feel like I'm amongst friends. So I hope that your message, like, really gets through to people because of your delivery. So I, I just want to say congratulations and 
continued success. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, Tony, not only is he cute, he has to say stuff like that. Come on. What are you doing? I else? mean, it, it comes he's, from the heart. He's the podcast cheerleader, I got to say. You know? I love it. We love but, it. But you guys, let's talk about MTV turning 40 and how MTV needs Madonna as much as Madonna needed MTV, right? Yeah. A marriage made in cable television heaven. Or somewhere yeah. south of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, I was I was remembering like right before I was coming on the show tonight, I uh, was remembering, you guys probably remember this, that there was some press conference years ago that Madonna did. And it was like she and like a bunch of other like singers and she had mm-hmm. this whole like kind of debate with, with Hall and Oates. Yep. Because one of them was like, I don't know whether it's Hall or who cares. It was Oats. Taste less, taste great, less filling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. But they were basically, he was saying how it it was kind of like he was saying how it was ridiculous that they Mm -hmm. had to make videos now and show who they were. And it wasn't about the music. And Madonna's rebuttal was at the time, I don't think was as impactful as when you look back now at her career and what she's Mm -hmm. done. Cause she said to him basically like, yeah, it goes hand in hand. It's about being an artist and like the visuals just as important as the music, you know? And at that moment, everyone's like, who is this woman? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was a new music seminar. I think it was in 1984 and you know, she came on as a new artist. It was bef- like, like a virgin probably had just come out. So she was oh. really pushing that. And, you know, I mean, she was absolutely right. You know, she, she also mentioned that how else is the public going to know who I am, you know, which sounded strange to them because they'd been, you know, recording artists for, you know, over a decade and they, they knew how to reach their audience. But, you know, I always think of someone like Christopher Cross who had like the number one album in 1980 and won every Grammy he could possibly win. But the minute MTV came out and people saw what he looked like, the jig was up, you know, mm, yeah. <laughs> and that happened that, you know, and it's no slam against him I mean, he's great, but uh, you know, people didn't want to see him sitting yeah. at a piano, you know? So MTV kind of changed the game and some people were upset because they thought that they had created the game. And when I say they, I, I mean men, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but videos also, like, I think people, I think those people who kind of complained or thought, thought negatively with regards to videos, mm-hmm. I don't think they realized how, how how much creativity they could have put into music videos. It didn't have to be this static image of them playing a, you know, uh, instruments. Yeah. Like it, they, it could have been, and that's what it evolved into, like mini movies, really. Mm-hmm. You didn't necessarily have to be in the video. I think if you just had a great visual representation of your, your music, people... Yeah wanted to would would want to see that and there were already visual artists like oh i'm sorry uh, there was already david bowie had been already making videos before mtv existed he wasn't shook you know he 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 blended right in you know and Mm -hmm. and madonna kind of looked to him and you know people like tina turner you know all these like quote elder statesmen they were making videos and you know she's she hired all, you know, all the directors of our early videos were people that had worked with like the bigger stars, like Michael Jackson, Tina Turner. So, you know, Duran Duran. So she, she knew, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. I think she definitely was one of those people who understood very early on the benefit that a place like MTV could have for her mm-hmm. and utilize that and was, and ran, took it and ran with it. Whereas like some people, they were very resistant to it. They didn't want to do it. It looked like it was a hassle for them to have to record a video. They just wanted to be playing music. I'm a serious artist. And it's, you know, it always reminded me of Madonna was just like, Hey, people want to see what I look like. They also want to see dancing. They want to see story. They want to see fashion. They want to see, you know, her doing what she does. And I think that's why she's been so successful for so long. It's about being able to adapt change. And that's something that Fran and I always talk about, like people who are unwilling to adapt to change, you know, lose out on creating innovative anything art, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be, you've got to be willing Mm -hmm. to adapt to that or else you just 
get left behind. Yeah. Really. So um, I guess Madonna made a few like one-off interview appearances on MTV, but I, I mean, I want you guys, you know, to comment on this as well. Would you say the first time you really saw her and on MTV was at the MTV, the first MTV video music awards on in 1984 when she came out in the wedding dress? Go ahead, friend. I, I, I can't remember the first time I saw her, but I can certainly, I can remember watching the MTV awards that first mm-hmm. time and remember thinking to myself, like, I don't think I was necessarily shocked. I don't necessarily thought that it was terribly like, Oh my God. Like, remember I, I'm an Italian kid who watched commercials in Italy where women were naked on beds in potato chip commercials. Like, <laughs> wow. so seeing that, you know, Oh yeah. The potato chip commercial was for real. It was like, they were like, they were, these are clean chips. What clean were they doing while they were naked eating? Were they eating the potato well, chips? Well, the woman was naked on the on potato the, chips. Yes. The woman was naked on a bed eating potato chips. And the whole point of the commercial was that the potato chips were like as natural raw. as gotcha. na- raw. You went right to raw, didn't you? <laughs> you went right to bareback. Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> well, no, I was not going there. I just meant, I'm she never was, eating a potato chip again. She, <laughs> <laughs> were they like rippled potato chips? Oh, or Lord. They, yeah. They were greasy, too. They were really greasy. Tasty. I can't remember the first time I saw Madonna if before that performance. I, I think that performance was my first time. Mm-hmm. And similar in what friends said where it wasn't really, uh, you know, I didn't really react to that performance in one way or another. I thought it, I thought it was exciting. Um, but I remember that, that moment that she looked like she was, you know, humping the, the <laughs> stage. <laughs> I, me as a nine year old watching that because yeah, I was 84, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I was nine years old. Um, I thought that was kind of like, Ooh, this is kind of different and maybe a little exciting Exciting, and titillating. There was something, you know, Coco reminded me of something. I know that the story goes that she lost her shoe Yes, and she went looking for it, but I've watched that video so many times and I never saw that shoe come off her foot. (laughs) Well, I think like when she was on on the plat, like on the top of the cake, there was some kind of like. Issue. Right, but she claimed that she lost her shoe, and that's why she started rolling around. And I'm like, "Boo, no, you didn't. You just wanted to roll around." Yeah. So this yeah. week, I heard um, Alan Hunter, who was one of you know the original VJs, and you know they're doing the rounds. He was on Sirius, and he was talking about watching the rehearsal for you know the MTV Awards and watching Madonna perform and they were all like freaking out because she was like rolling around the floor and she kept just like rehearsing, rolling around the floor and her boob kept popping out and all the guys were like, check it out, you know, check it out. And <laughs> and she just like looked over at them, gave them the dirty look, popped her boob back in, you know, and yeah. got back to business of rolling around on the floor, you know? So it was, I don't think, I mean, there may have been like, you know, maybe a, a minor malfunction, but I feel like she completely planned the entire oh, thing. Yeah. She it looked, what she was it doing. looked so messy. And there was that one point before she gets out on the actual stage where she's like sitting at the base of the, the cake, cake or whatever. And she's like getting ready, you know, she's like pulling her hair out yes. and pulling her veil. Out. I was like, excuse me, are, are we interrupting? <laughs> and you know, and that was early MTV. So that cake looked yeah. very unstable. Oh God. And there was a mannequin too. Remember? <laughs> I mean, that mannequin was rough. <laughs> it was definitely some It was a low budget affair. Very yeah. low budget. Now, did you all happen to see when Lizzo did like her nod to that at the B the BET Awards and like no one acknowledged it. Like I remember seeing some interviewer or whatever and was like, wow, that was such an amazing performance and so innovative. And like nobody said like they probably didn't know something. Yeah. Yeah, They probably didn't know. I remember seeing that. That interviewer was old enough. That could have been my mother. (laughs) (laughs) I remember seeing that and being like, hmm, she's rolling around all over the dirty floor and you know but everyone does that now you know yeah 
and they don't think about it. And she did it and she'd been doing it for years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so with Madonna and MTV, I mean, shall we pick a, a favorite, maybe Madonna MTV moment that we all have? Uh, I'm sure I know, we've all. I'm sure we've all watched MTV over the years, and I mean, I know I have specific favorite moments when Madonna was on MTV. I'm sure Tony has favorite, several favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure Coco and Fran have their favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to? I, I do have a favorite, and I've said this before. Um, her performance of "Express Yourself." Is my favorite at the in VMAs. 1989. Yes, it's it's down like it's my favorite. I love it. I love everything mm-hmm. about it. I love you know her voice in the video, in the in the performance, the dance, the choreography. Um, I just think I don't know. There was just something magical mm-hmm. when I when I first saw her perform, and she started walking down those stairs, and each step lit. It was just it was just beautiful. I mm-hmm. loved it. I love it. I that's one of my favorites too. I it, it just boggles my mind. I just watched it earlier today and Same. it boggles my mind that we were watching her Vogue without knowing that she was voguing. At least yeah. some of us, you know. I mean, cuz mm-hmm. I was in Texas, so no one clued me in on voguing yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it, you know, cut to 9 months later and we're all, you know, freaking yep. out, you know. It was a little sneak peek. I always loved that that she sort of previewed what she was going to do a little later. Exactly. And I also love, I mean, yeah, you're right, uh, Coco. Everything about that performance is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She, other than the fact that she was singing live the entire time, mm-hmm. she's dancing her ass off. Like, yes. it, uh, and it's like an extended long version of Express Yourself. Like, I think they, it, I think that performance is probably oh, like, what, six minutes long? And she's dancing the whole time. And it's not like a little just like, you know, shaking her shoulder here or there, you know, it's like full on like running man, you yeah. know, I mean, her, Nikki and Donna, they were like busting their ass during that. Killing it. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, my, my moment, hands down, hands down. And I know it sounds cliche. Courtney Love with the compact. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney yes. Love is in dire need of some attention. <laughs> Courtney Love and the compacts. I remember watching that was around the time because that was 95 that -hmm. was in the 90s where i kind of think were some of the best mtv awards in my opinion like aside Mm -hmm. from madonna performances unhinged that was yeah and i i loved the before show and the after show more than anything like tabitha soren kurt loeber tabitha and just courtney love just and madonna like the reason why i loved that that interaction was that it was almost like a comedian wrote Madonna's script that night because when Courtney's telling that story about Michael Stipe and dating the doctors in the hospital and Madonna just like without even missing a beat goes and plenty of drugs, plenty of available drugs. Like <laughs> she was quick. Just, it was like, wow. Like, and you can tell she wasn't drunk cause she was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was on. <laughs> and that was like, I mean, if you watch the 95 VMAs, like that, that whole like show was, wasn't even great. It was the after show that was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was the one where Madonna introduced the prodigy and she was being real snotty about it. Right. Yes. Oh yes. But Tony loves, that. Tony loves her look with the fall and that, mm-hmm. right. Isn't it a Versace <laughs> shirt? I think. No, it was uh, Tom Ford for Gucci. Gucci. Yeah, yeah, because she re- she re- like she brought Gucci to life for for that for that. There was a whole that thing was, about that. That was that first year that Tom yeah. Ford took took over designing Gucci. Yeah, um, and the other yeah, that whole moment was like very like out of Valley of the Dolls, and Madonna <laughs> was. I think she was more annoyed of the fact that she was in the middle of plugging something to remember, and she never got to finish. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn, Courtney. I mean, come on though. That's a uh, that was. Although her publicist was not happy about it, I'm sure that MTV was like, "This is t- gold television." Yeah, of oh, course, yeah. of course. Yeah, and you got little Liz Rosenberg yelling at Madonna the whole time, like, "Come on, let's go, get her out get of there, the call. get her get out of the there, <laughs> get in the call. Where are you going? Come on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Liz. 
Tony, what about you? What would you say your favorite MTV Madonna moment would be? You know, um, it was when MTV came to town. You know, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and they came to town to document the opening of the Blonde Ambition Tour in the United States. And, you know, for all us kids, we're like, oh, my God, MTV's here. I mean, literally, we saw the bands in front of the Summit, which was the name of the stadium where she played. And, you know, it was like crazy. And uh, I remember taping that show because I went to the concert that night. And, um, you know, they they kept announcing, it's like, we're going to show some exclusive footage, you know, from the show and all that, you know, and it was very exciting. But it actually turned out that they aired rehearsal footage of Vogue. And then yes. they also showed the two encores, which was crazy. They showed keep it together and holiday on MTV for the world to see. And yeah. And the the entire night, I think it was like from 8 PM to like midnight, they just had live correspondence and they showed nothing but Madonna videos. And it was, it was one of the first of many MTV weekends dedicated to Madonna that I know we all remember. And, but yeah, that one was special to me because I was actually in the stadium and when this was all happening, that was a good weekend. I remember it fondly. I think I have it on a VHS tape buried somewhere in a box. Yeah, I wonder where all those, you know, Madonna-thon VHSs are, because it was like literally six hours of just commercials and Madonna videos. You know? Wow. Those are the days. What about you? So I think my hands-down favorite Madonna MTV moment is got to be the time when she performed Vogue in 1990. Mm. Mostly just because... And I've, I've said this multiple times in the podcast. It, to me, that was the first time somebody had elevated a performance at the VMAs. You know, I mean, their performances were always like big and lavish prior to that. But I think that was the first time somebody came out on stage and was like, okay, yeah, you can per- sing and dance in a performance, but you can make it theatrical. You can make it Broadway. You can make it spectacle. And I mean, she didn't even sing. You know, she was like, I'm just going to go out there and lip sync through it. And you're not going to care because y'all are going to love the performance. And it's (laughs) such a funny tongue in cheek way to represent. I mean, I remember when I watched it live and I thought, how was she going to do the running man in this big skirt? Is she going to, is she going to rip the skirt off and do the, and she didn't. And I was like, why isn't she doing this? And I remember just being so confused as to why she had changed the choreography. But I now look back on that and say how brilliant that was that she was like, yeah, reinventing it. You know, that was, Mm -hmm. that was her, you know, that's what she did. And it's, I love, you know, watching Madonna performances when things go wrong, like, um, there were little things like the bead falling off of part of her hair, you know, like that happened. I, like, just, I love, uh, you know, you all know, and we've had Nikki and Donna on the show and they've talked about the fan flipping where oh, yes. like every, one person dropped a fan in every rehearsal of that performance. And I remember watching them with the fans and when they're flipping them, I'm like, how are they not falling? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I watched, when I watched that performance live, like when it first happened, it didn't, you know, I didn't, it didn't register that she was lip syncing or anything. I was just kind of mesmerized by the whole visual aspect of mm-hmm. it. And then prior to the interview today, I was wa- watching all of the the performances, and I was kind of annoyed at the fact that she was lip syncing. But then I started thinking. Like you said, there was there was purpose to it, and and I and I almost I'm, maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I think that she was it was also kind of like a nod to drag culture with totally totally performing, performing and lip syncing and all of that. So yeah, the drag yeah. queens go up and lip sync to their songs, and I think that she was sort of tipping a hat to that, exactly. where it's like I'm not going to sing, I'm gonna I'm doing drag. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. it just it gave it gave a new appreciation to that p- performance. Yeah. So yeah. And and like the previous VMA performance, you know, where we didn't know she was voguing, we didn't know she was doing drag. You know, I mean, yes. some of us didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, that's what that's what I love about her is that you know, like we're in. I mean, I'm in Texas, and these things are being spoon fed to me, and yeah, and I don't even know what's going on. You know. <laughs> exactly. I, I also think for that performance. 
that was probably the first time that we had seen that many gay men dancing around on stage. <laughs> yes. I mean, they Not were in the little, the little booty people. shorts and uh-huh. just like mm-hmm. sticking their faces in her boobs and up her skirt. And it was, you know, she was having and a you know, another time. Th- another thing that I always talk about with my friends is that the one thing we always remember is that Vogue performance that we are discussing right now, how late it came on. Yes. Because closing, I remember there was, number. there was school the next day. And yes, we were us. all like, because you went to bed hyped after watching it. And it mm-hmm. sucked because it was so late. It's not like you could get on the phone and talk to someone about it. <laughs> and then like the next day, the next day, I remember everyone in school being like talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, did you see what she did? And, you know, it was the same thing with music videos because when they used to premiere those music videos at seven o'clock in the morning, like right before we go to school, I mm-hmm. remember vividly, like when the bad girl video premiered. And I remember everyone being in school, like talking about it. Like you'd be walking down the hallway, it was like a scene from a movie. You'd be like, and then she lit a cigarette. And then she was like, fly- but then she was dead at the end. Was she really dead? Do you think she died? Was she her ghost? <laughs> Like, did you see what Louise Oriel was doing? <laughs> yeah, Louise Oriel. Wow, that's a good. That's good. You're good, man. That was really good. I love. I, her. You know what? It's it's funny. I you often forget at how much of an event MTV would make of the oh, music yeah. video premieres. That's sort of what I mean. I guess they sort of now do it where they're like, you know, we're releasing a video next week. But there was something sort of impactful and eventful when they would do it on. MTV, you know, it was yeah. just, it was just sort of fun. It, every, it was like, it was event television. You had to sit there in front of the TV at 7 a.m. and yeah. stop whatever you're doing to watch mm-hmm. it, you know, and. Or you threw in a VHS and you recorded for seven yeah. hours like I did. And then <laughs> when it didn't record, you were pissed off. But now <laughs> anyone who's listening to this who didn't grow up in that time knows that if you miss it when MTV premieres it now, you can find it on 700 different platforms yeah. online. So it's yeah. not special anymore. It's, it doesn't have that same impact. It no. just doesn't. Um, okay. And I just remember, like, to me, school connected to that was so many memories of MTV because I remember almost not being able to wait to get to school the next day to talk mm-hmm. to people and be like, did you, can you believe, did you see that? Like what, you know, you know, it was like the justify my love video. I remember yes. everyone talking about how, like, I remember our school radio station used to play justify my love, like every half an hour, just because the video was banned. And they were like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what we can do. You know, we can play the song. My high school didn't play music. <laughs> and I went to school in Jersey. <laughs> I thought you went to school in Beirut. Oh my God. Um, no, I, I was going to bring up the messiness of the Justify My Love video because for two weeks, MTV was hyping. Friday, we're going to premiere the Justify My Love video. It's Madonna's new video. And then there's going to be a Madonna weekend and we're going to do the top 50 Madonna videos and we're going to do a countdown. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then Kurt Loder comes on Friday afternoon. He's like, we have decided not to show the video. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing. We're banning it. We're not showing it. And then they still had to do the Madonna weekend without justify my love and it was oh, of course I, I loved it but it was really awkward you know yeah yeah and then and, cut and to, to this, i was gonna say and to this day there's still like a controversy that that was like a whole like madonna collaboration with mtv saying like pull the video and it'll become bigger than it is like there's still to this day i've been reading stuff where people are like yeah that's what happened yeah i don't know i mean she ended up making a shitload of money with that VHS single that was what $15 back then <laughs> for four minutes. <laughs> and you watch it now and it's like you can't even masturbate to it. There's it's nothing tame. to it. It's so tame. No. It's, I mean, yeah. honestly, you watch it, you're like, I, I'm not even hard. I just want to eat potato chips. Like, <laughs> oh I really God. don't. In bed naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but then there was the other, you know, more insult, you know, when uh, Erotica premiered at midnight. And then they had to like scold us by telling us this is the only time we're going to show it. Right. You know, and, 
And it was like, what did we do to you, MTV? You know? They're like, due to the, you know, erotic nature of this video. And I'm like, okay, well, I just saw, you know, like Madonna famous said, I just saw Jessica Hahn get like strangled by Sam Kinison while her boobs were popping out of her yeah. bustier. You yes, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's all right, you know, I mean. You know, but that was also the year they said her career was over. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like that whole erotica sex book, I remember, and that's why now when I meet people who are my age who talk about how much they love the erotica album, I'm like, "Where the hell were you when I was growing up?" Because everyone <laughs> hated it that I knew. Everyone was like, couldn't stand it. Like I, I knew people who were legit Madonna fans who like walked away after that album. Mm-hmm. They were like, and I'm like, "Where were you?" Because when I heard it, I absolutely loved it, and I felt like I was alone. I was like, "Wow, am I the only fool who likes this?" Why did they hate it so much? Because it was, it, a lot of people felt like there was so much. There's like the Body of Evidence movie. It there was too was much the, nudity. The it was book, too much. There was the book. There was the album. They just felt like it was a little too much. And they too just much Madonna like, vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was enough because I didn't see her vagina in the book. No. <laughs> well, you know, and, and some of us wanted to see full frontal male nudity in the sex book and what we got glimpses, you know, I'm like, yeah. you know, you're supposed to be a liberated because... woman. Show me some liberated penis. Yeah. <laughs> I have the so, outtakes so, in my phone. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, after Justify My Love and Erotica, MTV was not done with Madonna, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And we got some stellar collaborations between MTV and Madonna. They did a bunch of wonderful specials in support of her Bedtime Story album. I know we got the Take a Bow special. We got the Bedtime Stories premiere live at Webster Hall. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, we got some really great behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, I think they did that Ray of Light where, you know, Kurt Loder was interviewing her in the desert. Oh, yeah. Where she's dressed Mm -hmm. as Veronica Electronica from the Frozen video. And... Yeah, I mean, I loved the fact that we got those inside glimpses to her uh, her creative process because that's what I've always ultimately mm-hmm. been so fascinated over is how she creates, how what she what is she doing behind the scenes, how involved is she, and I love that that sort of like gave us a window into that. Yeah, Fran, didn't you tell me that she requested only Kurt Loder to interview her? Yeah, somebody told me that years ago because it was somebody I knew that worked at, um, I want to say, Virgin Records. And at the time, she was like my hookup for tickets and stuff like that. And she said to me, she said, there was a whole thing where Madonna only wanted Kurt Loder to interview her. And then you look back and it kind of makes sense because there's a whole like over a decade, mm-hmm. you know, until he got tired, you know, because <laughs> he was he was older than the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, I but, think you see a meme now. It's like, Kurt Loder's 99. Don't you feel old? It's like... No, I think he's in his 70s, right? Well... That's what I meant. I always had the biggest crush on him because he always interviewed Madonna and he always was, you know, he was just unflappable, you know? She yeah. would, would, you know, in bed... Well, it was a breakfast with Madonna in, to- mm-hmm. in Japan, you know, and she's, you know, from Blonde Ambition and she's throwing all kinds of stuff at him. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then, Stefan, write your favorite moment from the Kurt, Kurt, Dare Kurt, Truth or Dare, Truth or Dare. You want to fuck us? I love, uh, I mean, Goth Donna. Give me Goth Donna. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, that's but, a good, that's a good Madonna. I like that. Yeah. We, we like that one. And um, yeah. But yeah, Kurt Loder always got, you know, the best the best out of her. Mm-hmm. And I think after Ray of Light, we never saw them together again. She oh, no. sort of, she sort of went away after Ray of Light. She sort of, yeah. her and MTV yeah. were like, eh. Well, you know, they did do the swept away uh, MTV movie special. That was loads of fun. <laughs> Remind me of that, that again, Tony. I, I, think, I, I, yes. I think I've put well, that in the back corner. This, this of was my like mind. A, a half hour special that MTV did. And it was the making of swept away. And it was, you know, essentially her and Guy Ritchie fighting and, you know, her, you know, when she does that whining play acting voice. So it was that for about 30 minutes on location, you know, I mean, and I don't know why she didn't get an Oscar for that movie. I loved, I I went to the premiere at, well, it was like one of those like free screenings, but I'll call it a premiere. You know, Michael Musto was there. It was star studded. Oh, that's a premiere. Tony. Michael Musto's there. Premiere. I mean, right. 
Right. Like the head chef from Chipotle was there. I mean, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I do remember, like, uh, if I remember seeing Sandy, Sandra Bernhardt a few months after that movie came out, and she said that she went to see Swept Away at the Village 7 on 3rd Avenue, and um, she was the only person there. <laughs> wow. That's the punchline. So what do you guys think of the other uh, VMA performances? For example, the Girly Show opening in 1993. Uh, <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> that one, you know, I'm going to tell you, that was good. Being a fan and knowing that that's from the concert. Like, yeah. even though she premiered it there, I know. But honestly, when I had to go back and look at the performances... Clearly, I know her performances, but before the show, I went back and looked, and that was the one I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was like the least, like not the least memorable, you know. Wasn't there one you guys would know? Wasn't there one like in '87 where, like, via satellite, she was in concert? Yes. Yeah, they did that too, right? See, I, was, the, yeah. I remember Coco, I mentioned that to you. Yes. That was uh, from Who's That Girl, and it was live yeah. from Italy, and it was um, causing a commotion. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good job. No. Yeah. Por favore, no speaking cable. Yeah, I don't think I had cable until 1989, so I wasn't able to, like, I saw all of those things when they would do their Madonna weekends, so it was like okay. old, you know, old performances to me, uh, I mean, new to me, but old performances, and then everything from express yourself on i was able to, to yeah. see live um, yeah and, and then at some point in the 90s they started the emas the european music awards and yeah she went there a few times right yeah yeah but those were annoying because you couldn't see them <laughs> i know as as often like they're kind of yeah. like oh madonna's performing but it's at two forty-five a.m like mm-hmm. and you have to like get up and watch it, you know. Yeah. It's like or they would play it so, on like MTV Two, and if you if your cable subscriber mm-hmm. didn't have MTV Two, you weren't able to watch it. And I was just like, ah. Or so, then it was edited so badly that they would like introduce a performer, and that before the performer would step out on stage, it would go to commercial, and you'd be <laughs> like, what, what? Or or Where's you would just see it on like you would just see like Tabitha Soran or Kurt Loder doing like uh, MTV News. Brief, right. you know, they'd be like, you know, this weekend uh, in, in Europe, Madonna performs, and you would just see a little clip like, of what? it, and that was it. Yeah, I know. But can we see more? And, oh. And speaking of MTV News, how many times did they use that Vogue picture through MTV News? Like, they must have used that picture for this probably one? like eight years. <laughs> like, she, she was literally like, she was literally like in her 50s, and they were still putting that picture up there. That's yeah. so funny you brought that up because I can just see that now. And I, I I remember like being in the kitchen and then seeing that and then walking towards uh-huh. the living room to be like, okay, what's she doing now? Because it was yeah. once a week, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing. The news <laughs> now, I mean, just general news, like, you know, like TMZ or whatnot, they use absolutely the worst pictures of her nowadays. I'm like, these pictures aren't even recent, you know? It's... yeah. It's awful. It's like I loved. I loved for a long time. TMZ would use that photo of her from the Grammy Awards with the gold teeth. And yes, really yes, exactly. That's what I mean. Like with the, with the cowboy weren't, hat on, they weren't yeah. good. Oh, that's terrible. Where she looked like Boss Hog. You know, like the camera was like right in her face, and you're like, "What are you doing? She doesn't look like that. Stop." <laughs> the less we talk about that performance, the better. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So you said bye bye baby, right? Let's yeah. fast, let's fast forward. Bye bye baby, but the, she didn't do much. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. other than she did Ray of Light and Shanti with Lenny Kravitz, mm-hmm. and uh oh, Coco, she come on. did what I other? I, I'm trying to think of what other performance that she Spit did. Spit it out, Coco. <laughs> I did not like that performance at all. Too now, much, okay. too much nipple, too much nipple. I, listen, I appreciate nipple. Free whenever, the nipple whenever it is in front of me. It's all good. But, okay. Uh-oh. I'm not a singer, Uh-oh. so I will never claim to criticize someone for doing something that I clearly cannot do. Mm. But? But that was some rough vocals. <laughs> yeah. Coco, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I remember that whole time frame when Ray of Light was released as a single and she pimped that song to anybody that would have her. I mean, she did it on Rosie. She did it on Oprah. She did it on Regis and Kathy Lee. I mean, she (laughs) 
maybe not, but still, you guys know. I mean, she was well, she wait, was, but she was screeching a ray here's, of light all over town. Here's a question for you guys. <laughs> and I remember I was sharing this with Coco the other day. A friend of mine and I used to say, "Now you're going on tour with that song, and you don't have the strongest vocals in the world. Is that the first song you do, or do you close a show with it? Because you're rough either way." Because mm-hmm. you rip your throat open before the show starts, or you can't get through it at the end. Right. I would do it first. I would do it first. <laughs> okay. Listen, because I, she, she opened Drowned World with Substitute for Love, and I'm like, mm, we need we need to get punched. I in would the just lip sync. I'd know? pull a Vogue MTV yeah. awards and just lip sync <laughs> that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love I I love that she brings energy to her performances, I love and you. I, I love will you. I will always stand Madonna. If she's going to sacrifice perfect vocals for an evocative, energetic performance, like I, I wish that she would actually do what Paula Abdul has done probably her entire career, which is just forego live singing for kick-ass dancing. You know, like I think Paula Abdul at whatever last live Grammy show we had or Billboard show we had, Paula did some sort of like comeback performance and. All she did was dance, clearly not singing live. Like, yeah. I, I mean, they were literally just vocals from 1988's Forever Your Girl album. You know, she doesn't <laughs> sound like that now. And yeah. I, when I watched it, though, she was dancing her ass off. And I thought, yeah, why doesn't Madonna just do this every now and again? But I respect that she wants to Can sing Can I live. throw in a disclaimer, please? Because I know, you're, I know your audience, the listeners. Okay, this is what I said on my show this is what my this is what I said on my show mm-hmm. when you guys came to visit. I love her to death. I have gotten into fights with people about her. And she's like family. You make fun of her, I will come for you. But I'm allowed to make fun of her. <laughs> I am. I am totally allowed because that's how much I love her. It's not mean-spirited. No, not at all. Because, you know, honestly, when you talk about, like, who's getting crowned for whatever, it's always her. It's always. Mm -hmm. Always. What's up, Coco? You got, you're you're scratching your tit. What's happening? (laughs) I was going to say, I will say that she looked amazing in that performance. She she looked like you when I met you. Stop like, it. That's what Ooh, you look like. No, I you love did. that. Don't listen to him. You did. You I love some henna I'm, tattoos and a mm-hmm. nipple shirt. I mean, I love it. I love a raven-haired woman of Italian descent. I will say that go. until the cows come home. That's so. why you like me? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, the, the, the thing about that performance, and I'm going to tread lightly, is that you look back on it now, and you see what people get canceled for now. Mm-hmm. It's like there was a lot, there was a lot there. You know, yeah. there was a lot. And it's hard because I have three, not not one, not two, but three friends who all come from different parts of India. And one I used to work with, and we watched that performance. And I was like, be honest, what do you think? Like what? And she was just like, she's Madonna. And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, it doesn't matter. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I know Coco and I constantly talk about cultural appropriation and we talk about that on our show a lot. And, you know, I know, I know, I know it's really sensitive subject, but like the point of this person that worked with me was saying it's her intention. I don't feel like she's disrespecting. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like she's offending me. And it's constantly like it's it's subjective for everybody. It's not a cut and dry subject because everyone mm-hmm. has a different opinion about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I know when when Ray of Light came out, they and she was wearing the henna all over her hands and whatnot. I was working for a subdivision of Sony Music at the time, and Sony Corporate had a henna class that we were able to like a henna workshop that we were able to go to. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go get some henna like Madonna (laughs) in ray of light. And it was all over my hand. And I was walking around proudly sporting it. I was like, I've got henna just like Madonna. And, but I loved it. And I, we did learn the background about it and like what it was meant for. And this, so I like, I felt like, okay, maybe Madonna 
just found, discovered henna and the, the joys of henna and wanted to bring that out because, you know, maybe some people think it's weird if, you know, your culture wears that, but then Madonna wears it and it's like, oh, this is a teaching moment for somebody. Mm. Well, she yeah. inspired a whole generation of white women to do that at their weddings, right? <laughs> Didn't that become a thing in the, like the early odds? I was like, we're getting Hannah done before the wedding. Yeah, there was a lot <laughs> of Hannah out there. <laughs> that's also that's also the same thing white girls do at Halloween parties who don't even know who Madonna is. They're like, I'm going to wear that wedding dress because I think yeah. I, and that's what they did in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, so. God bless. But yeah, that, that performance is tricky um, mm-hmm. now. Well, I mean, the trickier performance, and this was not MTV, was, of course, Nothing Really Matters at the Grammys when she's in full Ooh, kimono. Yeah. That yeah. that one's a little like... That's tricky. I don't know. But yeah. we digress. Back to MTV. Um, <laughs> well, there was the EMA performance of Hung Up that I thought was brilliant. And what was even crazier was that she had she had broken bones. Like, she right? was, F- she, fell off the horse. And a week later, she's like dancing on stage. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know why that wasn't part of the actual VMAs. I mean, that was epic and, you know, every, everyone well, had, needed to see it, you know? It's pretty amazing when you think, and I know some people listening are going to be like, wait a minute, and look it up. But her last official performance at the VMAs was 2003. Mm-hmm. Like, that That's was the right. last time. Like, that was the Britney kiss. The, mm-hmm. the Britney-Christina kiss, yes. Mm-hmm. Or as I say, the Britney kiss. Because it was sort of like, Coco, you and I talked about this, right? About how horrible the camera camera editing was because they had to show Justin Timberlake. And I'm like, why couldn't he be a little square on the screen instead of being like the screen? Mm -hmm. Because we missed the performance. That's Mm -hmm. something that I noticed, um, just a generalization in terms of uh, VMA performances in the 80s and 90s versus more recently. they never cut to the audience in any of the earlier performances. Like that was an irrelevant thing for viewers to see the performances on stage. That's where the camera was. But then if you look at, for example, that the, um, the Brittany uh, and Christina performance, um, they wanted to capture those, those reactions. Like it was a big thing to, to, to scan the the audience and and see people's reactions to the performances, you didn't see that back in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And that was a precursor to all of the reaction videos that we have now popular on YouTube. Yeah. You know, it's it just goes to show how on the nose they were at predicting what people wanted to watch. Yeah, they knew that you seen. Justin Timberlake or Rihanna or Beyonce reacting to what Madonna was doing on stage mm-hmm. would be far more interesting than her kissing Christina Aguilera, you know? Yeah. And now we have people doing reaction videos. They watch a video and that's yeah. people love watching that. It's I know. mean, I guess it was the foreshadowing into hell. They showed us that Justin Timberlake was in the audience and he was going to mm-hmm. produce her album. So you remember that album? Hard to listen to. It was yeah. the omen. Just remember, people listening to this podcast. No, I know, and I get are, it, but you know, our that... guests are not a reflection of what we believe. <laughs> so, so hard to listen to, right? I happen to love Hard Candy as an I album. I love Miles. So, away. hey, wait, you can love Hard Candy, but let me just say one thing: it's uh-huh. Justin Timberlake's album featuring Madonna. That's I mean, when is. Hard Candy, not to, not to divert into a Hard Candy debate, but I do remember thinking it was a little too Justin Timberlake heavy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, you know, I, because I often did feel like some of the songs were more him than her in mm-hmm. sound and featuring. Oh, yeah. um, but I, at the same time, I, I sort of looked at Hard Candy as, you know, like how big of Madonna to just move herself aside and let Justin Timberlake take the spotlight, you know? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, she obviously liked his style, so mm. there's going to be a lot of that influence mm-hmm. on the album. So I'm yeah. still, still waiting. I'm still. Oh, go ahead, Tony. No, I, I'll never forgive all those responsible for Spanish lesson. That's just an abomination. <laughs> oh, uh, are we on? 
how <laughs> this, this is what happens when you have us on. I was gonna say we better we better cut this whole segment <laughs> this out of the show or we're gonna get some serious hate mail. Listen, oh everyone, my god, wait, wait, is it time for the lightning round? <sighs> this is a good segue. Yes, it is. Actually, um Uh-oh. let's do the we're lightning right. round. As as uh, Coco and Fran both you know from our show, we like to do a little quick quick round of where you're at in your Madonna journey right today don't they each get an answer they each i was gonna say it's gonna be ladies first so coco and then fran and um so i'm sweating i'm sweating right favorite madonna song go Ooh! oh lord see you're putting Mm. me on the spot don't think too much don't think too hard first thing that comes to your head that's why it's a lightning round the first honestly the first thing that came to mind cherish there you go fran i heard it today gone (laughs) Oh, Brian, I'm deep so cut. Yeah, impressed. deep cut. Gotta love Listen, that. Okay, I don't. I'm not usually a, a fan of anything you hear in CVS. Oh, true. Yeah, you're not. You're not yeah. hearing "Gone Walking the Aisle." Getting your Robitussin. You know. Wait, let me <laughs> let, let me let me throw this in really quickly. So on SiriusXM, there's a new station that Andy Cohen started called the Kiki Lounge, and he plays all his favorite songs. Every Madonna song he plays is. Easy Ride, Gone, Love Profusion, Great. like all the deepest cuts. Uh, nice. I heard uh, Nothing Fails the other day, and I'm like, what mm, is going yes. on here? You know, yes. so, so there is a place for these these songs. You know, <laughs> uh, there's a place for us. Coco, <laughs> favorite Madonna music video. That's First easy. one. I love Justify My Love. Mm, raunch, dirt, mm-hmm. Fran, <laughs> Bedtime Story. Oh, love that one. Who doesn't want a sunflower spinning around, collapsing around their head? I mean, come on. I just want it to be in the video just to go, uh, ah. Coco, favorite Madonna tour? You're not going to get a response from me because I have not seen any of her tours. (gasps) Not even on television? What? Oh, (laughs) But also, wait, guys, I just have to defend her for a minute. First of all, this is a learning. No, it's actually actually on you. Why haven't you taken her? I have to defend defend her for a minute. She's stupid, number one. (laughs) Number two. We don't have stupid guests. All right. So, Fran, what's your favorite Madonna tour? Madame X. Oh, interesting. Good. Did you see Madame X in Brooklyn? I saw it. I was there the same night Stefan was there. And he was being interviewed by Madonna. No, that was in Philadelphia. That was in Philadelphia. That was Philly. Philly. Yeah, wherever. Where I don't know where I was, but I saw it (laughs) twice in Philly. Oh, nice. She was a little cranky there, but that's okay. She was in. She was. She was in pain. She was in. She was. She was. And then um, it was interesting because when she walked down the aisle in Philly, it was like I was reading how no one grabbed her all through America, and then as soon as she got to Europe, someone grabbed her, and I was like, those Europeans. Yeah. No boundaries. (laughs) No boundaries. Uh, all right. So, Coco, this one probably will fall flat with you as well. Favorite Madonna movie? Uh-oh. Hmm. I mean, I I think I've only seen one. Okay. So just say that, that one. Then. It's going to have to be it. Who's that girl? Oh, <laughs> well, that's the a best great one. one. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing one. But, you um, know, that's the favorite film of this podcast. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> you should, I should say I've, you should, you should watch the listeners, right? <laughs> you should watch desperately seeking Susan because it's a great New York capsule movie yes. in general. Oh my um, God, I've seen that one too. Okay. Well, I've seen you that one. So you didn't say it. Fran, favorite, favorite Madonna movie. Does truth or dare count? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. There's acting yeah. in that movie. That's it. Uh, so Coco favorite Madonna look and it can be from a music video an album cover uh, well you haven't seen her on tour so maybe a magazine <laughs> walking do you know the who street. she is do you know who she is though? she's this an Israeli is a, singer yeah, this, is, this is a podcast about Madonna she's a pop she was star. born in 1958 in Bay City <laughs> Michigan wait a minute no matter what we welcome said welcome to today, the show no matter what we said on the show that you think it might piss off a listener what she said about never seeing any of her tours is going to piss people off. I'm going to give them your email before we no. know. Coco no doxing said, Coco. Coco should have just said that she was too poor to see Madonna. So That's not funny either. 
Coco, um, I told you, you should have said she never came to Lebanon with any of the No, but we can still watch the tours online. I mean, yeah, you cue it up she on can. YouTube. You know? She can't. She's like um, that. I told you. Okay, favorite Madonna look. Coco, go. I don't know. <laughs> her, like her Jean-Paul Gaultier bustier. There Perfect. we go. Hold on, wait. Uh, oh, there. Yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh. Fran is showing us a tattoo on his bulging tricep uh it, it, it's an original Gaultier. sketch done by jean-paul gautier himself yeah and then she's right here Ooh. Ooh. oh <laughs> so i told right, you so, I, listen i'm trying to commit man i got these tattoos right before the show fran what's your favorite madonna look <laughs> anytime she has dark hair and i'm praying to jesus that she does it again i know um it's like I I really love like American Life is like the first thing that pops to my head. Mm. Anything from that era, the performances, the album cover, you know, any of that. Like the dark hair, the the Italian girl, like dig it, dig it. Yeah, I hear that. Fran, what do you think of Madonna's new tattoos? What is her tattoo of? I think it's the kid's initials on her. On her, I didn't knuckles. know if it was real when I saw it's, that. No, I was it's like, real. Is that real. It's real. Okay. I mean, it was okay. a photo op, so it had to be real, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, we cool. take our photo ops very seriously around here. <laughs> I love that she never like got tattoos and never really drank, and never really smoked, and never it's, really ate, and now but, it's like she's doing everything. I love it. <laughs> it's it kind of throws a lot of people off because you know when, for example, when Madonna started smoking weed publicly. Um, a lot of people would say to me, it's like, that's not my Madonna. I was like, well, you know, that she's got to be, she's got to yeah. be her, you know? That's just like, that drives me just as crazy as when I go to like a record show and I'll hear someone be like, I only like the old Madonna stuff. I only like the old Madonna stuff. Well, didn't we talk about this? That was kind of like the, th- the through line that people would throw in the mid nineties when grunge was big. And oh, you yeah. would ask them if they like Madonna. I'd be like, I like her early stuff. Our early stuff is good. Like from 84 <laughs> to like late 84. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just so basic. It's like, yeah. you know, and I think I told you this, Tony, before about her, her vinyl, like her, vinyl is like the most expensive vinyl the vinyl that's worth the most is anything that's like the end of the 90s into the 2000s like that's the stuff that people want the most of mm-hmm. and people think it's the old stuff and it's like no so hold yeah on tr- to try vinyl. getting your hands on the uh promo only 12 inch of buenos aires and get back to me on that you know right, <laughs> right. well you guys we absolutely loved having you on the show and we got to do this again, but um, we want to thank you guys for your ongoing support, and we love you guys as well, so we're going to plug you guys. And let us and everyone else here know where they can find you on social and what's coming up for you guys. Go on, Coco. You got it. You well, can thank, do this. thank you so much for having us. This has been absolutely amazing, and I'm sorry I'm not up to speed with everything Madonna, but I promise <laughs> to get right. They know you're not smart. It's fine. You're fine. It's good. When you're not, just say you're not smart. It's better to be not smart than not a Madonna fan. It's just I'm not smart. There you go. Oh now you're God. safe. <laughs> so people can follow us on Instagram. Right now we're still at later this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to change it, but Instagram went a little crazy. So They're we're so still rude. at later this week. Um, but our podcast is now called how are you feeling mm. with Coco and Fran? So, yeah. yeah. And we're still LTW. We're still LTW. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and you know, I absolutely love you guys. I always have way before we became friends. In my head, I'm friends with you both. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Oprah is my aunt, you two mm. are my mm-hmm. friends in my head. Um, <laughs> and so Madonna is your mother. Yeah. She, she's not old enough. She's not old <laughs> enough. So, because she's beautiful and classic and young. Um, but thank you for having us because I got to tell you, this is a dream come true for me. Because I can uh, tell you guys, many times I've talked to you guys, you have got me through more trips, driving across country. Oh, I thought you meant acid, acid trips for a second. I was like, really? You listen to us when you do acid? Yeah. When I'm eating potato <laughs> chips naked on the bed, you guys are there. There we go. That, well, I would, expect, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> well, Fran, 
stay tuned. There's going to be more uh, listeners. Stay tuned. There's going to be more. Coco, you can learn about Madonna by listening yeah, to yeah. this podcast. So yes, stay yes. tuned. Okay. And yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLBC Podcast. Please give us a five-star review, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your fellow Madonna fans and friends. You can also donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLBC Podcast. And you can support the cause as a patron patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC podcast. So you guys, until next time, um, get up and do your thing. And yeah, if you guys want to say goodbye, feel free. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Thanks Thanks both.